1 Thessalonians 5.19 reads, Do not quench the Spirit. Hello, welcome back to Think This Way. This is the podcast of Faith Bible Church. As always, I am Bryce Beal. I'm one of the pastor elders here. And as last week, I have with me another pastor elder here, Andrew Walden. Thanks for being here again, Andrew. We didn't scare you away with the controversies last week. Oh, I I love it. I love (laughs) controversy. Good, good. Well, today is a little less controversial. Last week on this podcast, we talked about two very large words, cessationism and continuationism. And cessationism refers to ceasing. We believe that the regular normative practice of certain revelatory, like prophecy, tongues, and sign gifts, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, that those have ceased from the same kind of operation we saw in the New Testament church early on. There is a ceasing. Not that none of those things can ever happen, but that there has been a ceasing, like you said, a waning of those things. Continuationists believe they've all continued basically exactly the same. So we've argued for cessationism. We at Faith Bible Church are, as a church, cessationist. You can still fellowship with us if you don't hold that view, but that's what we are as a church. I want to talk today, though, about different ways to be a cessationist. And I want to make the point that not all cessationists are the same. It's like when we use a term like Christian or evangelical, and your lost friends assume that you're the same as the evangelical preacher that they saw on TBN, and you have to tell them, no, we're both evangelical, but there's just so many different people under that title. The same with cessationism. So we want to talk about what kind of cessationists we are at Faith Bible Church. To get us started, Andrew, I thought I'd ask you, what are some misconceptions people might have about cessationism and cessationists? Yeah, so the the first one that I think of is that we're all emotionally dead, and that might <laughs> That's only you and me. No. <laughs> that might that might define quite a few of us, but it's not uh, not defining cessationism. But uh, so yeah, that one one idea that I hear a lot or that you think of a lot is that we we try to cut all emotion out of theology and all emotion out of our understanding of the Lord and things like that, which couldn't be further from the truth. Like. There are very few things that make me deeply emotional and make me almost to the point of crying. And one of those is thinking about just the glory and the power and the amazement of God and him saving me out of my sin and just the gospel in general. Another one that I think of is that we're all just just bookworms, that we just we like keeping theology in that tight little book of chapters and things like that that we can go to and just sit and dwell on there and then we just leave it there. That, that couldn't be further from the truth either. And then a third one that I thought of, of a misconception of those of us that are cessationists, is that we have everything just tied up in a nice, neat little bow with what the Holy Spirit is or what God is. And again, that couldn't be further from the truth. We fully acknowledge that God is so immense, so powerful, so glorious that we as finite men cannot understand the infinite that is God. You know, some of these misconceptions come from uh, certain persons who, by their lives and activities, have supported them as cessationists. None of us have done it perfectly. You know, even the term itself, cessationist, is kind of a negative term. You know, we're saying something ceased. Like, that's, that's negative. And so, in itself, it can just feel like this negative, dour, sour thing. It's like I had read an article the other day, and this blew my mind. 
it was obviously a very liberal article, but it was talking about those who hold to uh, pro-life, a pro-life stance. And it seems to me like the terms are already defined, pro-life and pro-choice. You know, we've both framed them as positives. <laughs> but this article, it wasn't even an argument against pro-life, but it was just talking about pro-life and it, and it called it anti-abortion rights. <laughs> and I mean, you got to laugh or you cry. I just thought, what in the <laughs> world? But you know, if you can take something and frame it, so we would call pro-choice anti-life or something. If you can frame it negatively, just from the outset, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, cessationism, it doesn't have a non in there or anything or anti, but it's kind of a negative term. We're saying something's not happening today like it used to. And then, like I said, there are some cessationists who can be cold and calculating and stiff, engineer type, no emotion. In fact, I forget if I mentioned this on this podcast, but I have a friend who I know through just at a coffee shop. Good friend, but he's continuationist. And someone had one time told him that I was cessationist, and the only experience he had had of a cessationist up to that point was a former pastor who was a bad example, as far as I can tell from his description, of a cessationist. One of these who basically believes God can't do, you know, he can't do miracles. He can't be active. Kind of an overreaction to continuationism. And so this friend of mine was very alarmed and, you know, was quite shocked on my behalf that I don't think God can do anything anymore. <laughs> Thankfully, someone who I know talked to him and told him, no, that's not what Bryce believes, and it's not. But that's cold cessationism, where you basically just believe God's not doing anything, Holy Spirit's not really active, probably don't talk about him that much, just read your book, read your systematic theology, because you've got it all in order, and just kind of berate people who think differently. Andrew, that's not what we are, right? Not at all. That's not us. That's not Andrew. That's not us as a church. So if we're not cold cessationists, I would like to posit that we are and aspire ever more to be warm cessationists. Let me just say there's no inherent reason that a cessationist would have to be cold. You don't have to. We are doing a quarterly focus on the Holy Spirit. And it's really overreaction by some cessationist that gives us a bad name. Again, one more example. A friend of mine here at church, actually, as I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit in Sunday school, told me that he had gone and told a Presbyterian pastor he knows. We love Presbyterians. But he went and told a Presbyterian pastor friend, hey, we're doing a Sunday school on the Holy Spirit. And he said his his Presbyterian pastor friend's like first response was, oh, just be careful. <laughs> Which I get it. But come on. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> what can we do without the Holy Spirit? So we don't want to be cold. We want to be warm. Again, we believe the Holy Spirit's working. We believe he's not in a box. We believe he's alive. He's active. He's worked revivals in history. We pray he works revival again. The Holy Spirit does heal. The Holy Spirit does give inner promptings. The Holy Spirit can reveal information in some sense. Not equal to scripture, but can prompt, can lead. The Holy Spirit can do all those things. They're just not normative for the local church. That's it. So when I read something like Practicing the Power, which was by a very famous continuationist in our camp, you know, uh, very solid theologically, Sam Storms, or when I hear Martin Lloyd-Jones argue for a subsequent baptism of the Holy Spirit after conversion, these kinds of things, I don't agree with them. But it's interesting how I resonate so deeply with their attitude. 
of wanting the fullness of the Spirit. Like when you see these churches that are called full gospel, and by full gospel they mean we speak in tongues, and I say, I want the full gospel, just speaking in tongues, isn't it? (laughs) I agree with your attitude. We're warm. We want the Spirit active in our lives. We can have emotion, and depending on personality, more or less, that's fine. So, Andrew, as we wrap this up, if someone is a cessationist, but they really don't want to quench the Spirit, what are some ways they can practice warm cessationism instead of cold cessationism? Yeah, so you can you can practice this in many different ways. One that came in instantly to mind is in our prayer life. We can pray that the Holy Spirit will help us and guide us through our lives, will help guard us from the sins that we so frequently flock to and love. Uh, can help us uh, understand his word in a deeper way, in a more meditative way. So you can you can pray. You can pray to the Holy Spirit. You can also, as much as I just said, don't be a bookworm. You can also go to books that will help you have a deeper understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and have a deeper appreciation for the Holy Spirit, have a, a deeper knowledge of what the Holy Spirit does. What is his purpose within uh, the Trinity? What is his purpose within your life? We all understand that we're indwelled now by the Holy Spirit. So obviously there's something here if the Holy Spirit indwells us there's something we need to know about the Holy Spirit so to just to cut off your understanding of the Holy Spirit because you think that you're a cessationist that that's wrong you need to have this understanding we need to understand and study and love the Lord more and more and a portion of that is having that deep understanding and knowledge of just the Holy Spirit in general and making sure that you're actively acknowledging that he is working in your life well said Andrew Yeah, we talked in one of the Sunday schools about practicing the presence of the Holy Spirit, uh, a la Brother Lawrence is practicing the presence of God. We should have a real awareness that the Spirit is active, and even in the local church and in our individual lives, just a conscious dependence on Him. That's, I think, in the past, people have felt like if you do that, you might be charismatic and you might join the prosperity gospel. No, you don't have to do any of that. You can be a warm cessationist. Someone listening to this in the past may have thought, as many do, and maybe for good reason, that cessationists are emotionless engineers who just read books and yell at people. Well, you might also have thought that if you yourself do believe the gifts have ceased, you're not allowed to show emotion and you're not allowed to focus on the Holy Spirit. Whatever you thought before, may God help us all now by His grace to think this way. 